At 1 a.m. on December 5th, he died suddenly and unexpectedly. His corpse was consecrated in a cheap coffin and brought to the St. Mark's Cemetery outside Vienna without any funeral cortege. Only the undertaker kept him company as the corpse, covered in a linen cloth, was lowered into a simple grave with five other deceased. The exact spot remains unknown. A monument erected many years after his death at St. Mark's Cemetery commemorates the great composer and musician. This is Exploring Classical Music Podcast and Lika, your host. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart represents the classical era. Do I need to say that he is one of the greatest composers in human history? I know I haven't yet covered Haydn, I hope I will do that at some point, but for now I'd like to compare them a little bit. Both of them are classical era composers. Haydn was a patient, calm person in nature, while Mozart was testier, impatient, emotional and independent. That's why when you describe Haydn's music, you can say it is more objective in nature, while Mozart's music is subjective. Mozart's compositions bear deeper meanings. The focus genre for Haydn was a symphony, as I've mentioned previously, but for Mozart it was an opera. Mozart wrote about 20 operas and 41 symphonies, among other things such as sonatas, concertos, quartets, etc. Now on to his biography. Mozart was born in Salzburg in 1756. Mozart's father, Leopold, was a successful composer, violinist, and an assistant concertmaster at the Salzburg court. He had only one sister, the only surviving daughter in the family, named Anna Maria, but everyone called her Nannerl. And Wolfgang Amadeus himself was the only surviving son in the family. Both kids were very talented in music, especially Mozart, and Leopold was a devoted and a task-oriented teacher for both of them. But soon Wolfgang showed signs of excelling above and beyond his father's teachings. The boy's early talent for music was remarkable. At three he was picking out chords on the harpsichord, at four, he was playing short pieces and at five, composing. There are anecdotes about his perfect pitch and about his gentleness and sensitivity. The young boy was afraid of the trumpet. One day, he entered a room and there were two trumpets playing and it was too much for the young Mozart, so much so that he lost his consciousness, just fainted and it took a few hours for him to just get better, I guess. Just before Mozart was six, his father took him to Munich to play at the Bavarian court and a few months later, they went to Vienna and were heard at the imperial court and in noble houses. Now, of course, Leopold took his daughter, Anna Maria, with them, she was 11 at the time, and it became the first of several European tours. The siblings traveled to the courts of Paris, London, Zurich, and they were performing as child prodigies. And Mozart specifically met a number of accomplished musicians and became familiar with their works. Particularly important was his meeting with Johann Christian Bach. Does that sound familiar? Yes. 
He is the youngest son of the great Johann Sebastian Bach. He met him in London and had a very strong influence on Mozart. These trips were long and often difficult. They had to live in very primitive conditions and were waiting for invitations. And frequently, the members of Mozart family would fall sick and would have to limit their performance schedules. At age 11, Mozart composed his first opera, Apollo et Hyacinthus. Difficult to pronounce, but easy to listen to, so... Click the link in the description of this episode to listen to the entire thing. It's beautiful. But here's a teeny tiny piece from it. suggests the opera is based upon Greek mythology and the libretto is written in Latin, which is very unusual, I think. For those of my listeners who didn't hear any singing, that was an overture, which is an instrumental introduction to any kind of large musical piece such as a ballet, opera, oratorio, and other things. Overture is like an annotation that you would see for a book or a movie that kind of summarizes the entire theme and maybe the tone of the entire piece uh, into one little introduction. Like any good father, Leopold decided to quit his job and move with Mozart. In December 1769, when Wolfgang was 13, his father departed from Salzburg for Italy and left behind Mozart's mother and sister at home. The Italian trip was kind of long, from 1769 till 1771. Mozart was not only performing and composing, he was also studying. Of course, Leopold wanted to display his son's abilities as a performer and a composer to as many new audiences as possible. That's the time when Mozart as a child prodigy was just showing off all the tricks and things that he was able to do, like play with eyes closed, and that's when he showed off his perfect speech to the public. One time in Rome, Mozart was given a piece to listen to, a rather long one, and then he had to write out the entire score purely from memory. And whatever Mozart wrote contained pretty much no mistakes. Also during this time, Mozart wrote a new opera, Mitridate, for the court of Milan, which uh, ended up being a successful opera. Eventually, Mozart and his father returned back to Salzburg in 1779. They found out that the old archbishop died and the new one didn't really like Mozart's all that much. And so Wolfgang Amadeus was basically working as a mere servant. The job was not paying well, it wasn't for the Mozart's liking. Both Mozart and Leopold realized that wasn't the place for the young genius to be at. And so Mozart wanted to resign his 
Wenceslas. Unfortunately, the new archbishop refused at first, but then relented and dismissed Mozart. He decided to settle in Vienna as a freelance performer and composer, and for a time lived with friends at the home of the family of Webers. Mozart was able to find quite a bit of work in Vienna, so he was busy, he was taking on pupils, writing music for publication, playing in several concerts, he began writing other operas. In the summer of 1781, it was rumored that Mozart was contemplating a marriage to the Weber's daughter, Constance, knowing that his father would definitely disapprove of the marriage and the interruption in his career, young Mozart wrote his father a letter denying any idea of marriage. But then by December, he came to his father for blessings. And of course, Leopold disapproved of the marriage and really didn't want Mozart to marry, especially Constance, but they married anyway on August 4th, 1782. After marrying Constance, Mozart's period for composing was probably the brightest. He was composing left and right and it was very easy for him. He also started to appreciate the works of Bach and Handel from the Baroque era and that influenced some of his pieces such as the magic flute uh, later in his life. And during this time, Mozart also met Haydn and the two composers became admiring friends. When Haydn visited Vienna, they sometimes would perform concerts with string quartets. Mozart later said, it was only Haydn who finally taught me how to compose quartets. So between 1782 and 1785, Mozart wrote six quartets and dedicated them to Haydn. As Mozart performs and composes more and more, he receives continuing success. Mozart's name and talent is already known throughout the entire Europe by that time. And with the substantial returns from concerts and publishing, he and Constance were able to enjoy a lavish lifestyle for some time, especially his wife. She suffered from varicose veins at times and had to stay at health spas for very extended periods and that was super expensive and Mozart had to provide for that treatment for his wife. Sometimes they would have to go through real poverty that caused due to Constance constant health problems as well as their inability to manage their finances very well. But at the same time, Mozart was only a freelance composer and publisher. He had to find a constant stream of income and the only way to do that would be through a court appointment. However, this wouldn't be easy with the court's musical preference bending toward Italian composers and the influence of the great and famous Kapellmeister and concertmeister Antonio Salieri. You may be recalling my first episode when I mentioned that Mozart's relationship with Salieri has been subject of speculation and legend. Some sources claim that Mozart and Salieri were only professional rivals and nothing more than that. Some say that they respected each other and were kind of even friends and even collaborated on a cantata for voice and piano. And some sources say that they absolutely hated each other and couldn't even stand each other's presence. This topic is for next time. My next episode will be about Mozart versus Salieri. On May 28, 1787, Mozart's father Leopold died, and full of grief and in desperate need of money, Wolfgang Amadeus set to work on Don Giovanni, an opera. With so many negative emotions and difficulties in life, Mozart put a lot of effort into that opera, a lot of emotions, and the premiere in Prague was a tremendous success. Thank you.
That was the first area from the first act of the opera, I Skipped the Overture. So Don Giovanni is allegedly a comedy, but it's not as simple as just big loves. The main character, Don Giovanni, is not just a comic kind of character, even though his personality makes the audience root for him. More toward the end, you can see his darker side, and eventually he receives a personal invitation from hell. Maybe at some point we will discuss the specific opera and the meaning of it but that's for later it would take an entire episode or maybe even two to discuss the entire thing the libretto for this one is written in italian i think and the youtube link that i have here has subtitles in english so you can actually understand the meaning of it in 1791, Mozart was only 35 years of age. He had matured as an artist and his works had received great success for the most part. However, he still felt very depressed because he was struggling financially and Constance had been staying at the health spa in Baden near Vienna for weeks at a time and Mozart was very lonely. He wrote one time to her, if I go to the piano and sing something from the opera, I immediately have to stop it causes me too much sensation. In those depressing weeks, Mozart wrote his last piano piece, Piano Concerto Number no. 27. It is widely considered as his most mature piece of work in this genre and has a suggestion for romanticism. Call from my prior episodes, the classical era is all about rationality, logic, and clarity, while the romantic era is more about emotions and being able to express them. And so because Mozart's emotions were overwhelmingly depressing at the time, his latest pieces were representative, I think, more of a romantic era than classical. 
Because of the depression and financial difficulties, it was very difficult for Mozart to compose at this time. Usually he would compose easily, even if somebody interrupted him in the process and he would have to step aside and then come back. He would probably not continue with that particular piece. He would just throw it away and start all over. This is how easy it was for him to compose generally. But in this period, he was really depressed and it was difficult for him. Mozart's old friend and a manager of a Viennese suburban theater, Emmanuel, came to him for a rescue. He inspired Mozart to write another opera, something magical. And so Mozart eventually agreed after some hesitation and he wrote The Magic Food, personally my favorite opera. He missed Constance at his side very much. It was so difficult to compose for him that he wrote to her one time, 2,999 and a half kisses fly in your direction waiting to be received. Out of sheer boredom, I composed one area from the opera today. It's a weird and somewhat mysterious coincidence that Mozart's last and unfinished work was a requiem. He received the commission from an unknown messenger. Mozart never found out who his mysterious patron was. The messenger paid in cash and Mozart's financial situation was too tight for him to decline. Additionally, Mozart had been suffering from rheumatism since childhood and his health was deteriorating. This may have been the reason why he interpreted the mysterious commission for a requiem as a sign of impending doom. His deteriorating health convinced him that he was slowly being poisoned. He said, I know I have to die. I write the requiem for myself. He did believe that he was writing the requiem for himself. Later, his poor health confined him to bed. He had a high fever, his hands and feet were swollen, and he was in great pain. He lived long enough to see the Magic Flutes premiere turn out to be a great success, as usual. Every ticket was sold out, one of his last joys. Mozart was doing poorly on the eve of December 4th. He had a high fever and he was delusional. When a doctor drew blood, and placed a cool cloth on his forehead, Mozart lost consciousness. At 1 a.m. on December 5th, he died suddenly and unexpectedly. Even though Mozart's funerals were lonely and nobody knows exactly where he is buried, he was remembered as a great composer and a great performer after his life to this day. Mozart did not finish the Requiem. He wrote nine out of 12 parts, 
Later, one of Mozart's students, Lussmeier, wrote the rest three parts. There are various stories regarding that. Some claim that Dussmeier wanted to take the credit for the entire Requiem as his own piece, but knowledgeable musicians and music experts could clearly see the huge, clear difference between the perfect, not-from-earth-beautiful nine parts from Mozart and the last, regular, rather too simple and common three parts from Dussmeier. Some stories claim that Dussmeier never pretended and just wanted to have the piece finished. Many more composers later tried to finish the Requiem to make it quote-unquote complete, but none were able to make it such. Nobody could even distantly reflect the genius of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart.